Black Jewish Queen live chat with the Black Jewish Queen herself, your host, Dr. Denise Gotautis. an awesome program today. Today we have a special guest, Rabbi Mark S. Bloom. So stick around, stay tuned, and after this commercial break, we're going to have a wonderful show. And hello, this is Dr. Denise Gotades. I am a metaphysician and a licensed psychotherapist and a natural medicine doctor. I am also the host of the Black Jewish Queen live chat and also one of the hosts of the chat reel with Billy and Friends. If you are enjoying these programs, please support our cause to keep our programs on the air so that we can continue covering topics that matter to you. You can send your donations in any amount to paypal.me slash psychotherapy C-H-E-C-K-O-U That is paypal.me slash psychotherapy C-H-E-C-K you. We look forward to your support. Thank you so much for listening to our program. I think we should sing this. Let's try this.
Introducing the Black Jewish Queen Live Chat 
with the Black Jewish Queen herself, your host, Dr. Denise Gotautis. And as promised, we have, uh, we're going to have a wonderful show. And it is with CRS Radio, of course. Um, Today we have a special guest. His name is Rabbi Mark S. Bloom. And I want to tell you a little bit. about Rabbi Marcus Bloom. Mark Bloom is one of the longest serving rabbis in the Bay Area. Having joined Temple Beth Abraham of Oakland, California, as its rabbi in 2001, he was ordained at the Hebrew Union College in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1995 and he has received honorary doctorates from both Hebrew Union College and the Jewish Theological Seminary. He, he also received both a bachelor's and master's degrees in communication studies from Northwestern University. Temple Beth Abraham has doubled in size to nearly 500 families during his tenure. He has written his own prayer book called The Songs of Abraham, and he leads Friday night services with his guitar where popular music is often incorporated and has created a variety of musical and creative services at this otherwise traditional synagogue. Rabbi Bloom is especially known for his work with children as well as for giving sermons without using notes on the high holidays. In the broader community, Rabbi Bloom has been honored by the Alameda County Food Bank, helping to raise over $100,000 to help feed the families that are in need in the East Bay, as well as by the first AME church, as he has been active in interfaith events right in Oakland, California. Rabbi Bloom has also been honored by the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame of Northern California, for his coaching and work in creating soccer teams for those who cannot play on the Jewish Shabbat or Sabbath. Two other highlights include conducting the funeral for the late Al Davis. He is the owner of the Oakland Raiders and being the first synagogue to host Congresswoman Barbara Lee as a speaker. And I, right now, and I want you to, as well, to welcome Rabbi Mark S. Bloom to the Black Jewish Queen live chat.
and Rabbi Bloom, it is a great honor to have you on the program today. How are you? Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Nixon. It's great to be here. I'm doing great. I, you know, I, I don't know whether to be in a super pumped up, excited mood after hearing Caribbean Queen, the Billy Ocean song, or to be in a reflective, oh. pensive mood after hearing Hatikva. Both beautiful selections. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So, Rabbi Bloom, uh, we want to know, and I know Obi. Obi, are you there right now? Yes, I am. Hey, Rabbi Bloom. How you doing, Obi? Great to talk to you. I'm here, brother. I'm here. I'm glad that you're here. Thank you for showing us a good time, brother, with your presence, man. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. Now, Rabbi Bloom, we want to just ask you so many questions. I mean, what a great, great, um, oh, how could I put the words? I can't even put the words together. But I am so impressed by everything that you have done for that community. I mean, it's really awesome um, how you are helping the community um, in Oakland, California, in Alameda County Food Bank and everything. What exactly um, do you still, I mean, are you still helping others with the food bank, you know, the families that need? Do you still do those fundraisers and all of those things for your community? Oh, sure. Absolutely. You, you know, one of the the greatest part about being a rabbi is the variety of the kinds of work we do. But if you're specifically talking about hunger and food, we do a lot around our holidays that recognizes there are people right in our backyard who are hungry. So we do a lot of stuff at the Alex Academy, Alameda County Food Bank. That includes fresh fruits and vegetables on Tuba Shvat, the birthday of the trees, big giant, you know, canned foods and, uh, you know, prepackaged goods around Yom Kippur, because if we're hungry, we better be thinking about the people who are truly hungry. Oh, we're yeah. just fasting for a day. So you name yes. it, if there's an opportunity Passover, we, we collect goods and, 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 uh, because, you know, we're, we're getting rid of our hamates, our, our leaven products and, and the like, and we collect food that way too. And we always accompany it by donations. There's, there's so much need in our community. And, you know, basic hunger, as Isaiah says, the fast is meaningless unless it's accompanied by understanding for people who are truly in need. Yes, I am just really impressed, too, how you do the interfaith thing. In most communities, we need that. We need to reach out to others. You know, we, you know, we have a pretty good community ourselves as Jewish people, but it's good to do the outreach so that people can, you know, kind of know, not, you know, be a stranger to the Jewish culture and everything. And that's what impressed me the most about what you do, because not only are you dealing with the Jewish community in Oakland, California, you're dealing with the extended community, because I see in your bio that you guys are work, you work, you worked with the first AME church and I was in, like, a similar community like that because um, I lived for a little bit in Wisconsin, the Madison, Wisconsin area. Um, I had sat on a board. It, it's the African-American Jewish Friendship Group of Madison, Wisconsin. And it was, uh, it was like an interfaith thing where the community, the Jewish community was helping the um, churches as well. 
in the food drives and everything. So, I mean, this, you know, this is something that, you know, maybe other rabbis, you know, they could pick up on it. And it would not be so much, and this is my opinion, Rabbi Boom, <laughs> it wouldn't be yeah. so much a mystery behind uh, people, the Jewish people, and it wouldn't be the anti-Semitism, you know, it would stop, you know, because people, when they come together, they kind of understand each other. And, you know, that's why I'm, I mean, I'm really so impressed. Obi told me a bit about you, how impressed he is with you in everything. And I don't want to hog all the questions and stuff. So I know he's just itching over there on the other end to just ask Definitely. his rabbis in their questions. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbi, okay. how are you doing today, sir? That's great. Great to talk to you, Obi. We're, of course, very proud that you're a member of our congregation, and we love having you, you know, whenever you can get there. Thank you so much, sir. You know what? I just wanted to let everybody know um, about you and I relationship. You know, it's, it's a very unique and cherished bond, I believe, between both of us. You know, you being my former employer, um, you know, I used to work at Temple Beth Abraham as a custodian first. And um, somehow, so me and Rabbi Mark Boone, before I converted to um, to Judaism under his watch, uh, him and I would talk about Judaism, you know, sidebars, because he's always busy, so it's always at least five minutes. So I always appreciated those five minutes when we talked. Um, and also being a custodian there, um, with my background from being in culinary, coming from culinary school, I was able to start meeting a lot of the um the staff that uh, worked up under Rabbi Mark Bloom, and everybody always spoke so highly of him to the point where I felt like I was confident enough to really feel like I was ready to make the next step with him in my conversion. So, I, you know, I don't want to talk too much about that, but I would rather get to know, I would like for everybody to get to know the, the younger Mark Bloom before he became a rabbi, the, the Northwestern rabbi, I mean, Northwestern Mark Bloom. Can you speak to that to us for us? Yeah, it depends how far back you want to go, right? If you if you go all, even further back than that, like when I was a Hebrew however you student, want to, however would, you want to pick it up, Rabbi, wherever you want to pick it up at. <laughs> so we're, we're going to start back in Hebrew school only because I had a a really wonderful recent experience relating to that. So I was not a great awesome. Hebrew school student. I was very average. When I run into my rabbi at a rabbinical conference, he had no idea who I was because I wasn't doing much. And just a few weeks ago. My best friend from growing up elementary school, his, his daughter had a bat mitzvah at our synagogue, and I was joking about how, you know, it must have been very hard to be in the class with, you know, the outstanding Hebrew scholar of the class and a future rabbi, oh, except God. I was a future rabbi, but my friend was the outstanding Hebrew scholar, right? I, I was I was Wow. Not, but <laughs> so, yeah, yeah which, was, which was really fun to see that now his daughter become bat mitzvah, but I started getting into it in high school when I was in a youth group. You know, when you have peers, it doesn't matter what age you are, when you have peers who are there for you and with you and going through these things with you, and particularly when it comes to, you know, Jewish learning, Jewish practice, that'll motivate you. So that's when I started my journey to becoming a rabbi. And I started thinking about it from junior, senior of high school on. I went on to college at Northwestern. I as I, I think it was said in the biography, I majored in communications, but I've actually worked in the business world in marketing and brand management and advertising for oh, okay. uh, Clorox. Yeah. 
and also mm-hmm. a software company before I decided to go back to rabbinical school. Awesome. Oh, wow. And I noticed, Rabbi, that you have an honorary doctorate in both Hebrew Union College and the Jewish Theological Seminary. Honorary. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. So, awesome. So it's both... Well, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of it, but it's both much less impressive and much more impressive at the same time than it sounds. So the, that's both the oh. reform and the rabbinical, the reform and the conservative rabbinical schools. And because I went to the uh-huh. reform rabbinical school, but switched to the conservative movement later. But the reason it's not impressive is you get one pretty much automatically once you've served 25 years as a rabbi. But the thing is, it's more impressive oh. because not everyone can make it 25 years as a rabbi. It can be a tough job. And uh, and I and I and I have I've been a rabbi now for you know since 1995 so I'm now at 28 years almost. Awesome! Did you start? Did you start, did you start in the Bay? Where did you start at, Rabbi? If you uh, um, to ask, I forgot to ask you that. Where did you start uh, your first um, uh, rabbinate at? So my first full-time congregation. This is after I was in rabbinical school. Because in rabbinical school, you're a student rabbi, and I was in Montana and Atlanta. But my first full-time congregation was in the New York area, in a place called Westchester County, New York. And it was a dismal okay. failure. You know, I, I, it was a disaster. Oh, really? I was young and <laughs> stupid. They walked all over me. And, you know, I, I made a lot of mistakes myself. But that, that's, you know, that's typical. You had to earn the chops, right? huh? How you had to earn the chops. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And how do you grow from your mistakes, right? Right. Right. That's I know we're jumping all over the place on you, Rabbi, with these questions because we're like one from one end of your bio to the next. But I wanted to (laughs) ask you as well about the, um, let's see, the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame in Northern California. Um, Wow. Uh Um, Hold that thought, though, before you talk, because I want (laughs) to, I don't want to rush too much. Hold that thought, because I wanted to ask you more about that Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. Just, you know, as I'm doing, as we go into, you know, some commercials for the sake of others, um, I wanted wanted to really um, see um, what your answers are going to be about that. So hold that thought. I'm going to go into a quick, quick break, really, really fast, and... um, I'll be right back, guys. Be right back. Sounds good. Shalom, everyone. This is the host of the Black Jewish Queen live chat, Dr. Denise Gotadis. I am here to share with you and to announce on-demand best-selling book written by the owner, creator, and the writer of The Matrix and the Terminator, Oscar Award-winning Sophia Stewart. If you love her movie, you will love her book. Here is a list of those books that are now available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. The first book is The Third Eye. The second book is The Mother of the Matrix. The third book is Matrix Trivia. And her latest book, which is the fourth book, is The Evolution of Conscience, Cracking the Genetic Code. This is the Matrix 4 book. These books are on demand. Order your copy today. They are now available at Barnes and Noble and Amazon booksellers. 
From author Dr. Denise Gotadis comes a self-help guide that will give you valuable information about the world around you in ways never imagined. The Metaphysical God in Relation to His Creation. Available on Amazon. In this must-read book, you will learn about your importance in the world and the metaphysical universe around you. You will be introduced to the metaphysical God who has a relationship with you and those around you. Whether you are aware of this or not, you come into contact with Him daily. He is omnipresent metaphysically. He is in and outside of His creation. And what does a metaphysical God have to do with you and the creation around you? You are a very big piece of a huge puzzle. The Metaphysical God in Relation to His Creator from author Dr. Denise Gotadis is available on Amazon. Order your copy right now.
Introducing the Black Jewish Queen Live Chat with the Black Jewish Queen herself, your host, Dr. Denise Gotautis. Hey everyone, we're having a great time. I'm here with my co-host, Obi Clark. We're having a great hey, time and we are speaking with Rabbi Mark Bloom. And I wanted to ask before we went into break, I was about to ask him about the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame of Northern California. Um, how he was honored and about his coaching, uh, working with those soccer teams. Could you tell us more about that? Because I believe that's another outreach to the community that you did that I greatly admire. (laughs) Sure. I'm happy to talk about that. You know, I love sports, of course. And I should also tell you that in the very first ceremony where they were honoring people you know, Jewish athletes and those who helped support athletes, I installed a guy named Sam Berkovich who, who kept, you know, who did baseball in Oakland for decades, and he was a great inspiration to me. He ran all these leagues for all these people, lots of future major leaguers, including uh, people like Frank Robinson and Joe Morgan played for him. And then my sister was actually okay. inducted as an athlete, as a gymnast, from her uh, level of athleticism where she competed for Stanford. I was honored because I was one of the people that set up this Sunday soccer league in in the East Bay because there are a number of kids who were observant, including my own at the time, who couldn't really play on Saturdays. Now, there's a lot of people who want that and say, well, I want my kid to do that. Not a whole lot who are willing to actually spend the time coaching the kids, the hours of practice. And, you know, I, I knew how to play, and I played throughout high school, and I figured somebody's got to step up. So I did. And we had some uh, some wonderful teams, and we gave an opportunity for kids to play who otherwise would not have been able to play. Awesome, awesome. And, and I know in your bio, you were talking about, in the bio it's talking about, you know, you were conducting uh, the funeral for the late Al Davis, the owner of the Oakland Raiders. Wow. Um, was he a parishioner of yours, or just, you know, did he attend shul with you, or... So interestingly enough, Al, not that he went often, he wasn't terribly observant, but he belonged to the Orthodox synagogue. But the Orthodox couldn't do the funeral because he was being buried uh, above the ground, you know, in more like a a tomb than a a grave. But I, as a conservative rabbi, was able to do that. Also, his Mm -hmm. brother, he had a brother who attended our... Oh, yes. I'm sorry, say that again? Oh, Oh no, that was feedback. Uh, we sometimes we get feedback. I'm so sorry, Rabbi. I okay. took care of it. <laughs> but okay. as you were saying, okay, so a little bit back to Al a... Davis. Yeah, in case yeah. You missed it. He belonged to the Orthodox synagogue, but his brother was a regular at our synagogue. His brother was based in New York, but during the football season, he lived out in Oakland. He stayed at a hotel, and his brother was a Shabbat regular and a very good friend of mine. So when Al died. I was called in to do that funeral, and it, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed uh, about it. I mean, not embarrassed to have done it. It was an incredible honor. And, but uh-huh. the day of the day, you know, the day of the funeral comes, 
and the executive director has to say to me, Rabbi, stop smiling. You know, this is a funeral because I'm surrounded oh. by, you know, Art Shell and Ken Stabler yeah. and John Madden and Jim Plunkett right. and Tom Flores right. and all these, wow. these players and coaches that, that I've been amazing. watching my whole life. And I get to do this funeral. Also, I'm only about five foot three, you know, and, and they range from about six foot three to, uh, you know, to six foot eight. And it, it was oh, quite a day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Any one of us, Rabbi, though, don't feel bad. Any one of us, if we are surrounded by people we admire, hey, it's going to come, funeral or not. <laughs> so <laughs> that is a good story. And now, um, oh, if everyone else is listening, like, uh, Billy, did you have a question? And I'm so sorry. I didn't forget you. I know that you're on. Are you there? No, I'm I'm good. I'm oh, good. Okay. Can you hear me? And Obi, yeah. Obi, yeah, did you have? Okay. Yes. Great. Oh yeah, of course. No, yeah, I'm here. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. 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 Oh, would you like me? Okay. Uh, hey, Rabbi. So, you know what? Let me ask you a question, bro. Huh? Yeah, please. Oh, okay. Yes. So, um, you know, um. You know, me and you've been knowing each other for like probably at least going on probably three to four years now, um, and yeah. I just I, I would like for you and I, I've known you as a person to put your time and your resources into your mitzvah work. Um, I would like to know what inspired you to go into rehabilitation work in the community. Oh, so yeah. It, yeah, interesting because you know, we do a fair amount of work with uh, those who have had all kinds of mostly substance abuse needs, but there's other issues too, weight disorders and eating disorders, computer addiction, uh, all these things. I, I was mostly inspired by watching the work they do in Southern California at a place called Beit Teshuva, the House of Repentance, which through Torah okay. study, of course, a lot of therapy and a lot of individual attention founded by uh, Rabbi Mark Borowitz and his wife Harriet, you know, uh, 20, I don't know, maybe 30 years ago, they have this place where yeah. they – it's a center which which helps helps people with addiction, and it's done you know literally life saving work for so many people. And every year, I take a group of seventh graders down there. We learn about the work that they do and how important that is because you have these amazing people. But obviously, when when you have the demons that are inside you that lead to addiction, and sometimes not even not even demons, just you know addiction. Addiction is addiction. And these are incredible right. people that we've got to get back into society. We've got to get back into Judaism because they have so many gifts to offer us. And so they inspired right. me to, 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 to be involved in that. That's, that's just wonderful. That's, that's just, that's just, that's just wow. speaks to so many, so many people in our audience, I'm pretty sure, because everybody, everybody has something, some, somebody in their family that's suffering with some form of addiction, whatever form it comes in. So just thank you for that, Mitch, for that you, you just – you just you know spread and across the world, brother. Thank you. Um, and I and I have yes. one more question if you if you don't. Yes. Okay. Rabbi, um, I you know also you're also you know, just like your bio said that um, you work with children. Um, I, I I just look forward to seeing your face when you're getting ready to take the uh, the, the children down to uh, camp in L.A. and you're out there with, you know with the children. You come back and you're just glowing, brother. Just just can you just let the community let the people know. You know what you do with the children, and you know what 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 it does for you as a rabbi to keep you just going going forward. 
Sure, there are a few different aspects. If you're speaking about the middle schoolers, the kids we work with for bar bat mitzvah age, you know, we take them down to Los Angeles not only to do Beit Tshuva, but also to visit the Museum of Tolerance, learn about the Holocaust, and, and of course, they get to go to Disneyland. And, you know, middle schoolers are tough, but when you get them outside of their environment, you see that they're also beautiful people. I like working with the teenagers as well. They, they ask all kinds of great questions. They're coming to grips with who they are. Uh, they all think they're unique and somehow, you know, challenging God and authority in Judaism. It's just that it's a journey that we all watch them walk through. Uh, the little kids, you know, perhaps my favorite. I get to do music with preschoolers, and I feel like a rock star every time I go in there. And they just brighten our day. What a, gift, what a gift they are, right? You know, they are God's most precious gift. Yes. Last couple of weeks, I had a couple brutal funerals. And uh, afterward, what I do, I just, I just went right to the yard and started playing with the two, three, and four-year-olds because reminding us that's how precious that's magic. That's magic. Awesome. That's magic. I see, awesome. I see something about your bio that you have written your own prayer book, and it's called The Song of Abraham. How yep. is it published? Can um, the listeners get this on Amazon? So we never put it on Amazon, but if they call our synagogue at Temple Beth Abraham, just call, you know, Google Temple Beth Abraham in Oakland, call, and, you know, for like, uh, you know, $25, we'll send you, you know, one of, one of these beautiful books, the- which were hand-bound mm-hmm. by a member of our synagogue who was a book binder. The reason we had to do our own, at the time, the conservative movement's prayer book wasn't very good, and we didn't know if they were going to come out with a new one. The new one they came out with, Mr. Right. Feel, is very good. But still, the, one, the Song of Abraham is unique in that the whole thing, 100% transliteration. So if you don't know any Hebrew, you can still sing along as loud as you want. Uh, it has instructions like when to sit and when to stand and what this prayer means. Uh, and yet it's a very traditional oh. prayer book. It's got a line-by-line translation, uh, Hebrew to English. So you look on one side of the page. If you're Hebrew sort of advanced, you see what it says in Hebrew and what we believe it says in English. So it's a really, and it's big print too. So it's really user-friendly. Um, I'm very wow. proud of that book. That's awesome. Cause I mean, it could be a special help to people who converted and in introductory Hebrew and everything. I mean, this, Absolutely. that's, you know, really, really a great thing to have. And um, Rabbi, um, you do a variety of music. Do you play guitar and all of those? Yeah, you play guitar, I see it. <laughs> you play guitar oh, yeah. and all those other instruments. The, now, do you have you have musical classes going on as well in your show? Well, I mean, I teach music to the kids, and it's not musical instruments. We just, we're just teaching them songs, right? We're teaching them Hebrew songs. Oh, you're teaching them and, Awesome. Yeah, but, but yeah, I use the guitar in my work, not only with the children, as I think you read, I, I mean, I, I sing the Friday night service, the traditional prayers with modern melodies, but we also, when an artist, musical artist died, we started honoring them by doing one of their songs. If it was meaningful, uh, we would, of course, use one of the most meaningful ones, let's say like Bill Withers dies, right? We do Lean On Me, yeah. and uh, Tom Petty dies, Learn to Fly. And then, you know, sometimes, uh, I mean, you name it, if there's an, if, if yeah, an artist dies, I, we try to honor them. And it's, uh, it's been really, really precious, uh, precious to do that. Well, good. And now I wanted to ask you, um, I think you had mentioned earlier on, I know before, you know, we were on air, 
Um, you do a lot of inner city work with the African American community as well, and in you know as well. And um, what are what is it other than you know even the food banks, other than the addictions? Do you go in and do you talk to any uh, families and you know through interfaith means and all of these other things and what experience you know, have I, you we, had with this? <laughs> I mean, I try, oh, we try. The thing about Oakland, and, you know, it's unlike some of the smaller communities where there's sort of one organization where all the synagogues and churches and mosques, you know, and the leaders get together. Oakland is too big, too, dis, you know, too dispersed, and there's too many organizations, right. so it's a little harder. So you have to form individual relationships. So that's like what we have with First AME, which was, you know, it's exactly what it sounds like, right? The first uh, right. Methodist Episcopal Church in Oakland. In fact, they were the first public school for black children in Oakland. They, they, you know, the public schools did not allow uh, did not allow black students in the late 1800s. So, uh, First AME was the public schooling for these kids. So we have a a longstanding relationship with them, and, get, and through their minister, particularly the the one who retired about two years ago, Reverend Harold Mayberry. Yeah, we did stuff with. Um, with collecting shoes and giving them to folks, uh, feeding the hungry, and occasionally, yeah, I'd, I'd meet with their congregants too. Great. Now, we know Purim is coming up. Are, is uh, Temple Beth Abraham looking forward to Purim? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I wear about five different costumes, Queen Esther, King Ahasuerus, oh. Eminem, yeah, you name it. Because we do, we, we not only read the Megillah, we do parodies of, of a lot of popular songs. Awesome. And I know Obi Clark over there, he's looking for that Purim, right? Obi, have you figured out I'm your so costume? I'm looking forward to it. It will be my first <laughs> one at the, at, at the shul, and I'm going to go full oh. all out. I, I am, Rabbi. I promise you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to see a great costume on you, Obi. I want to see a great costume. I'm going oh for it. Oh, my goodness. Maybe you're going to go shopping for it, Rabbi. Huh? <laughs> I want to hear about this one. <laughs> but, yes, I'm going to, Rabbi, if it's okay with you, I want to open up the lines. If anybody have any questions that they would like to ask you. Um, and sure. um, right now, listeners, I want to, if you have any questions, uh, just interject in and ask Rabbi Mark Bloom any type of questions that you'd like. We do have um, people that is listening in as well as the talk show. I'm opening the line, so if you're on the line and you have feedback, if you decide to talk, we're going to hear you. So if you have any questions, just ask. We do have people from New York, I see, on the lines and from Michigan as well as here in middle, middle America, and then we have people in California that is listening to the program. And like I said, everyone, as we're asking Rabbi uh, Marcus Bloom questions about uh, what he does, you are welcome to join in. And Billy, I am ask again, do you got any questions? Is there anything that you would like to know? He's there. I think they're listening. I think they're enjoying the program, Rabbi. <laughs> God, <it's> great. <laughs> Everybody's enjoying in the program. So anyway, the prayer book 
if they want to get that prayer book from your shul, is there an address that, you know, you have or just a web page or how can they obtain yeah, so that they, book from Because it sounds like a real good yeah, book. So they should go to the our internet web, you know, web page at TBA, which stands for Temple Beth Abraham, tbaoakland.org. And you can even, you know, you okay. can email, uh, you know, the, the email addresses are on there. Uh, you can start with uh, Virginia at tbaoakland.org, and she'll take care of that. Um, I, I would, uh, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll try to help facilitate that process, but I'll be on sabbatical from March through July, and I'll be in Israel for most of that time. Oh, my goodness. You get to go to Israel. Oh, yeah, we, I was there for a bit <laughs> and came back here because of the, bureauc- the bureaucracy to straighten out paperwork, yeah. and so. now it's almost done. <laughs> I'll be back there. What parts oh, are you going to visit, Rabbi? Well, I'll be based in Jerusalem, but I'll be all over the country. We're having a congregational trip there, too, and, you know, we'll be going up north into the, the Galilee, uh, the Golan Heights as well. We'll be going, of course, Tel Aviv. Oh. Um, and, you know, I'll be, I'll be all over the place. I'll, I'll, I'll end up in Beersheba, the desert. I'll, I'll be everywhere. Oh, yeah. And remember, before you go, change that dollars into those shekels. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> and, and then, um, Rabbi, you might want to hit the shooks, Ugh, the open market, the fruits and the vegetables. They are so good. And <laughs> in Israel, oh, yeah, it's just... Made. So healthy to eat it's, the falafel sandwich. Because falafel it sandwiches The food is wonderful there, and it's, especially the fresh produce at Machne Yehuda, the, the open air market in Jerusalem. Incredible place. I go there two, three times a week every time oh. when I'm there. Cool. <laughs> so you know, yeah, you pretty, yeah, you know your way around. I'm, I'm definitely sure of that because I know Obi was saying something about. Um, Moving there, right, Obi? Yes, I was, Rabbi. Uh, but you know, um, I have other things pending right now that I have to get see yeah. through. But I, I was just thinking, like, you know, I like to make, you know, three year, five year plans. But within the next three to five years, I would like, you know, for the visit. And within that five, fifth year, really consider moving out there, you know, at least for a year, Rabbi, because. You know, I, I just want to be a part. I just want to be a part of the culture. You know, and, you know, and you know, you're very big on uh, um, um, bringing people into Judaism. You know, and I just want to really thank you um, for your faith in me to believe that I could see my dreams and what Hashem really wanted. You know, that He saw for me. I just want to thank you for that coverage. You know. Yeah. You know, so let me ask you this, Rabbi. I, I got one question for you, brother. Incredible. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you, I didn't hear you. I'm saying, yeah, your faith and your drive for learning, just incredible, both those things. Thank you, brother. Yeah. You know, you inspire me, man. You inspire me a lot. Uh, you know, this is one thing that I, I really think that other people should probably, you know, start considering. Where, where, do, where, what do, you see, where do you see Judaism in the foreseeable future, like in the next 10 years, in, like in a general question? Just however you want to, it's a vague question, but just pick it up however you want to. Interesting. So on the positive side, I think you're going to see, uh, you know, an increase in the amount of people interested in in Torah study, interested in Kabbalah, 
interested in, you know, in learning and the mystical part of Judaism as well. Um, on the negative side, mm-hmm. you're seeing people thinking they could do it all on their own and oh, without a community. And, oh, you know, sorry. you need a community. And, um, you know, that's why in Judaism you need 10 people to say certain prayers. You need a minion. Uh, you can't go it alone. And uh, that's – so those are the kind of two trends I see happening simultaneously. Yeah, because it is so many, so many chiefs, no Indians. And, you know, um, I run into a few people myself that, oh, yes, you know, I discovered that on my mom's side or my dad's side that, you know, um, there is some Judaism, you know, a generation or two back, but um, they're going about doing it on their own, and they don't, you know, want to live in the community, but they want, you know, um, they want the culture thing. And I'm like, well, you need, you know, it, it does not hurt if there is uh, people in your family and there's feedback. feedback. It's the other person on the line. Sorry about that. But it does okay. not hurt that if there is any, you know, anyone at all that um, have um, that heritage, it does not hurt to go to a community. I mean, you made a very, very important point because uh, people, they do all kinds of things when they go at it at their own. And they get um, around about, you know, doctrines. They make up their own things. And I think that's the problem because you have people who are uh, trying to teach themselves Judaism without, uh, you know, going to uh, learn it the way it's supposed to be learned, the traditions that were handed down. And, we you know, with the communities, I mean, it's there for a reason. And it was, you know, the, it's better to get it the original way than to just guess at what is supposed to be done because that is so needed. You know, too many, too many people that are trying Absolutely. to do things on their own. And it just, uh, it loses it. And then, you know, I, in, in some instances, you know, even the state of Israel won't recognize it because they're like, okay, where did this come from? Do you have a rabbi? Do you have a community? Are you guys learning together? Has this community, you know, reached back? <laughs> back in time as the tradition would tell us to do the things the way that, you know, everybody, everybody needs to learn from each other. And I believe, though, that everybody needs that community for sure <laughs> in order to do it right. Yeah, I agree with you very much. Yeah. Yes. And Obi, um, I know I know you're listening and enjoying and Billy, if you have any other things you want to chime in on and um caller, anything you guys want to chime in, anybody wanna ask Rabbi Bloom any questions? Well, okay, I, I well, love I'll what pick, he's doing. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay. I love what he's doing, so it's a beautiful thing. So, you know, that's me. Thank you. Thank you, Billy. You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. I mean, you know, so, it's similar. It reminds I, me. Oh. 
Go ahead, go ahead, Obi. Yeah, go ahead. Sure, sure, sure. It reminds yes. me of what the what the general theme is when um, we get into community and we try to um, help, and that's what Tikkun Olam is all about. You know, you're healing the world, and you know this is this is uh, Rabbi the message that you know I've been trying to convey um, each time you know, on here, how important it is um, to know that everybody is connected and, and you know, we are all connected in everything we do. It does matter. And it could be in a positive way or it could be in a negative way. We affect the people around us with our actions and with our deeds. And on, the, on this program, I'm always pushing, hey, you know, Say a kind word to somebody, just a smile with, you know, do just a kind word. Help someone out, you know, do something, you know, that is good. Even if someone comes to you like in a negative light, you can give them back something positive. And, you know, sometimes that's all people need to be, you know, it needs to be passed on. And then when it's passed on, it goes around the world in that Tikkun Olam is really coming out into the world. So, you know, that's what I, um, the program is about, and I believe that's what you're doing. Each uh, deed that you're doing to help the community, it is going around the world, and it's impacting more people than what you actually realize. I believe Hashem, you know, when, when people like you do these things, I believe Hashem is really, really pleased because, I mean, to me, that's the whole thing of the Torah. You know, we I see the good in it. <laughs> I see good that, you know, we do good. It goes around, and it goes around in a positive way. So that's just me. <laughs> no, that's great. Me. Um, you know, we can yeah, Hashem is the most reliable thing we have. That is for sure. Oh, yeah. So, so Rabbi, and, so let me ask you this. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, Obi, go ahead. I was okay. Okay. Waiting on you to so come I, back I just in. Want to, I, yeah, no problem. So I, I just want to pick up. So uh, you're talking about your sabbatical and a, a much needed sabbatical. I, cause I, I definitely know that you're one of the hardest working rabbis I've, I know. Um, can you tell me or uh, share with uh, with the listeners? What was your most inspiring moment that you experienced in Israel? I know you've been there probably many times, but what is the most most inspiring thing that stuck out to you even to this day that keeps you going? Yeah, let's see. Um, there's there's just so many, you know, whether it's standing on uh, the side or realizing, <laughs> what, realizing what people did there. Um, you know, sometimes uh, – well, I'll, I'll – Actually, I think the most inspiring moment, though, is probably, honestly, every week uh, on Friday afternoon, the the mad rush, people running around like, you know, chickens with their heads cut off, trying to get every last minute thing done. And then yeah. an hour later, it, you know, the entire, it feels like the entire country is, has paused. You're, you're walking in the street, in the middle of the street where an hour before, you were, uh, you know, you had to get out of that street to dodge the cars that were going too fast. Just Shabbat is real there. And it's, oh. you can try to do it here, but you can really never experience Shabbat here the way they do over there. 
Do you have a oh, favorite yeah. synagogue when you're out there? So I certainly did, but from um, but it's uh, they need some rejuvenation themselves. It was called Cold Rena, and it meets in a bomb shelter in in the oh, neighborhood wow. not far from the Machne Yehuda, you know, vegetable market that we were talking about before. But, you know, things go up and down, and they're a little bit on a down cycle now. So, I mean, I'm sure I will go visit there again. I have a couple friends there. But I'll be looking for all kinds of new synagogues to, to explore during my, my four months there. Wonderful. Awesome. That is just wonderful. And I know, and I know what you mean when you say um, Shabbat in Jerusalem because I was there and I was there and I spent the Shabbat in Jerusalem and everything shuts down. Everything. No stores, nothing's open. <laughs> really cool. Yeah, there's nothing like it. No, it isn't. It, it's, it's really nice. And But you know what? The thing, um, I lived in like um, Beersheba and southern Israel and you do get a few. They have a few, like, 24-hour markets over there open. But I know in certain neighborhoods in Jerusalem, you drive, I know that uh, there are some Orthodox <laughs> who will say, hey, it's Shabbat. It's Shabbat, you know. What are you doing? What are you doing driving on Shabbat, you know? <laughs> it, it's very... Um, <laughs> You know, but still, overall, that city is just incredible, aren't you, Bob, to slow down? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you rest. Truly, you do rest the way that you are supposed to. It's, you're right. It's nothing like um, the uh, Shabbat here in the States because, you know, nothing's closed down. I mean, <laughs> you know how that goes. Yeah. So, Absolutely. anyway, I want to. Just take us to another break, and everyone, we are talking with Rabbi Mark S. Bloom, um, our guest today. We will be right back after this. Listening to the Caribbean Radio Show with Dr. Denise Lacatis on the Black Jewish Queen's live chat. It rises when he rises. The fortune of him was sitting sick, so I wonder. Oh, 
yeah, I don't know what, yeah. I, what advice I can offer you. We've, um, you know, we, um, what can I tell you though? We, we, we have had to raise a lot of money in my time here at, uh, yeah. at Temple with Abraham, but, um, well, you know, it's, it's a matter of using the people that you know, uh, you know, the people that you right. know who care about your yeah, synagogue working. and you, you, you just have to ask them and, uh, some of them will give and some of them yeah. will not. Right. Yeah, because exactly. yeah, I was like, oh, we neglected in asking the rabbi about how he did it. And I know that most of the um, the luck in uh, donations and receiving them, it comes from Hashem anyways, much prayer. So, Rabbi, say a prayer for us as we're, <laughs> yeah, as we're going you forward. Bet. With a lot of things, but yeah, Obi, anything else you wanted to add? Yeah. Sure, yes, definitely, uh, Rabbi. I I would like to know, um, you know, if if you know, one day you're gonna have to hang up your cleats, Rabbi. You know, just talk. Let's just use some sports analogy. Um, sure. When you look when you look back in retrospect, you know, in the future, and you're like, okay, this is what I did. I'm like the longest tender rabbi out here you know i've made my mark i've changed lives you know i've been a part of different generations of multiple families you know you know and that's just amazing within itself just thinking about that you know it's hard to conceptualize the impact that you have just in the synagogue that you know just as long as i've been knowing you've been doing it for like 20 years but what is it that you would like people to take away from your rabbinate after you hang up your cleats brother you know, that's such a beautiful question and just so nicely put. You know, you. Um, if you're talking, I mean, in general, uh, you know, I hope that people remember that I cared about their lives. Uh, you know, there, there's almost, it's almost as simple as that. There's a wonderful book about Jewish life in the shtetl called Life is with People. And that's what being a rabbi is all about. So I hope if people will remember anything, they'll remember that I, that I cared about them and I cared about so many people. Um, you know, there, there are other little oh. things. Yeah, that's definitely number one. There's some little things, too. You know, some of the things I'm most proud of are our response, you know, some response to some of the crises, right? My first year I got here, it was 9-11. And how did we keep people oh, really? coming and, and feel, feeling both safe but on the one hand and just, you know, like they were, you know, hugged, hugged by community members, hugged by Hashem. That you know there was a place for them. Okay. Uh, the other one was COVID nineteen. We never really shut down. We went immediately to uh, virtual, but we also pretty quickly opened Definitely. up to twenty five yeah. people. And open, you had your conversion there in one of those outdoor exactly. courtyard services. Right. We had those plastic screens. Oh, okay. yes, I was part of it. I was called being covert. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that we were there. Awesome. You know that was. That was what it was yeah. all. What it was all. About. Well, Rabbi, so, yeah, we were there. We, you know, Rabbi, you are welcome anytime you would like to come on the Black Jewish Clean Life Chat to um, tell about any projects or anything that you're doing. And Billy, he listened in, and he, I know he told me he's inspired by what you have done and what you're doing as a rabbi. And I know any time, I'm speaking for your belly, <laughs> I'm sure any time, um, if you ever wanted to be a guest 
on the chat reel, I'm sure Billy, he would be happy to have you as a guest as well to talk about your experience as a rabbi as well. We often, you know, invite each other's guests and we often spread the word. And um, this particular program wants everything that we've talked about it's not going to be just talked about once live on the air. It's going to continue on. Everybody, you know, there's people that come to the Caribbean radio show. Uh, they download the episodes and they keep them, you know, so that they could have, you know, a reference and, you know, just, you know, different things. So, you know, I'm, I'm just so happy. I'm so happy uh, that you came on, and just you know, before we close out, Rabbi, is there any anything that you want our listeners uh, to know about your uh, show and about you? So the only thing I would say is, I mean, I love my synagogue. We're a great community, but I, what I want people to know is there are great Jewish communities out there everywhere and anywhere. You have to give it a couple tries. So you get to know some real people, but there are so many communities waiting to welcome any person who wants to be Jewish or learn about Judaism or is Jewish of any kind, and uh, they're out there, and I know there's a lot of, sometimes you'll see in the Jewish press particular, well, these synagogues aren't very welcoming to people, and I went there once, and, you know, nobody said hello to me. Uh, you know, you put yourself out there, like let's say Obi does, people are going to befriend you. Uh, you know, you just, there's, there's wonderful communities all over yeah. the world. Welcome, waiting to welcome you. Yes. Yes. Wise words. And Obi. Yes. <laughs> Wise words. Well, Rabbi, just thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time out to um, just share, just share your life experience as a rabbi and. Um, uh, sharing with, you know, the Caribbean radio show, the audience in general. Uh, we appreciate you. And uh, what we want to say is, you, like I said, you're welcome to come back any time you'd like, <laughs> you know, to come back or just, you know, call in. And if you need anything uh, from us at all, I'm sure, you know, Obi, we're, we're just so happy uh, to have Obi, too. As a co-host, oh, thank you. Um, as a new co-host with the smile. Caribbean radio show, because I mean, I could tell, you know, that he comes from a great show, and <laughs> everybody, Aww. everybody from the chat reel, the host, uh, the host of the chat reel, and the host is coming. We're getting a new host, Rabbi Bloom, um, that is coming uh, on uh, the Black Jewish Queen Life Chat. And um, everybody, everybody loves Obi, and we could, you know, we could just uh-huh. tell, you know, that don't that, don't let me blush on screen like this. Don't do that to me. <laughs> that, you know, we can tell on the radio. from a great show, <laughs> from a great rabbi. We could tell. <laughs> we could tell. Well, thank you. We appreciate great you. To meet you on, great to meet you on air, and I love the musical selections and the questions, and you just keep up the beautiful work you're doing. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you, Rabbi Bloom. And everybody, uh, Rabbi Marcus Bloom, if you 
have any questions and you want to connect with him, um, we do have our co-host, Obi Clark. He could communicate with uh, Rabbi Mark Bloom. And also, if you want to get that prayer book that he has written, we can offer you that information. Just come to the group. As a matter of fact, come to the group on Facebook, the Black Jewish Queen Life Chat, and you can uh, private message us, and Obi, he will uh, give you guys the information. Yeah, I'll facilitate it. Yeah, he'll he'll facilitate it. But at this time, I just really thank you. Such a great rabbi. Such a great rabbi. We thank you. Thank you, Caribbean Radio. Thank Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And all of the people. Have a good good All of the people listening in, they thank you. The Caribbean Radio Show, thank you for coming on. And take care, and I hope you enjoy your trip in Jerusalem and Israel. When you go, you got to tell us about that. (laughs) You bet. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Rabbi. And everyone, thank you for joining us on the Black Jewish Queen live chat here on the Caribbean Radio Show. Thank you, thank you. Oh